Welcome to Around the Diamond, Ottawa's source for baseball talk. This is Shortstop Junior Rojo with the Rockland Boulders. This is your boy Reggie Abercrombie. Hey, this is your boy Coop. This is Josh Wood. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Kenny Bryant from the Ottawa Champions. This is Quebec Capital's third baseman and pitcher Lachlan Fontaine. Hey, this is Ottawa Champion second baseman Albert Cartwright all the way from the Bahamas. You're listening to Around the Diamond with my man Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Profiling players' careers and their life outside of baseball. Now, here's your host, Diamond Dante. Seb high and deep to right, and that's out Cartwright, and that's a walk-off single. Albert Cartwright wins the ballgame. Mastro Berti comes in to score. Duarte up the middle, and that's the ballgame. Wilson, the one-two, big cut, and he struck him out. Wilson back-to-back strikeouts on a slider in the dirt. Tissenbaum swings at that one. And your co-host. Chambers flying into third with a triple. Chambers is back. He looks up and it's off the top of the wall. Fires it back into second base. And they got him. Chambers slaps it the other way. Louis Cardinals World Series champion Adron Chambers. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to episode 43 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can find me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. And our new podcast on iTunes. Just search in the iTunes app Around the Diamond. Or if you're listening on SoundCloud, keep listening. We got Adron Chambers, our co-host to our right. First show of 2017. We got a big show coming up. Of course, Manny Cruz, a shortstop prospect with the Cincinnati Reds, will join us in our next two segments. And then, followed uh, by him, we will uh, be joined with Taub Steve from Sportsnet.ca to talk about the Blue Jays. But Adron, uh, thanks for coming back on the show. And um, how was your Christmas? How was uh, how was your New Year? Let's start off with how how how, did, how was Christmas with Adron Chambers, the uh, former St. Louis Cardinals World Series champions. Uh, and bench player. How about that? Just, uh, just to get you and, going. And I'm a still a champion, just to put that out there. But, it, man, Ottawa uh, has given me great joy, man, because of the snow that it provides. Uh, man, it's been unbelievable. Um, I never, ever experienced anything weather-wise uh, like I have in Ottawa. And it kind of brings uh, the Christmas spirit, too. You know what I mean? That love and kindness, seeing all the white everywhere. Uh, it was it's been very beautiful. So my Christmas, and I spent it with uh, with a friend of mine, uh, Mika, uh, with her family. So oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was beautiful, very beautiful, and um, very uh, different too. You know what I mean? I'm used to traveling house to house with my family. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, opening up presents, eating up Pensacola? all the food. Yeah. And her family was uh very um you did, they really didn't do the present thing. They do it for the kids, you know what I mean? But it wasn't oh, as the, yeah. There was kids around? No kids for Christmas. So that might have been why the the gifts, you know, didn't have as many gifts. Did you gifts. get any gifts? Um yeah, I got a lot of hugs and kisses and, and No presents? And no uh yeah, those those were my presents. You know, I found I found out what presents really meant or what they really 
uh, what presents really are, good presents. Yep. Uh, but her family was very accepting men, and they they opened their arms up to me, and it was beautiful. You know what I mean? It was uh it was beautiful, and I'm happy that my uh, Christmas this year uh, was spent here in Ottawa, uh, Canada. And of course, how about your New Year's as well, Adron? Of course, people have been asking me all week, what is New Year's Eve like for Adron Chambers, the the king? How about that? The right. King, I'm, the king I, of I am a king. I am a king. Uh, it was a very laid back uh, um, and, uh, like I said, very snowy. But it was, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. I guess I can. I mean, obviously, we all getting yeah, older. Old we yeah. always getting older, but I'm getting wiser, too. Because, you know, 2016 uh, is almost like t- 2017. It just, you know, the, the next day I, came. You know what I mean? I really don't even, even even saying Happy New Year, I really don't say it that much. You know what I mean? I still ask people how to do it. I didn't really do it either. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and, and like I said, I was, with, I was with Mika, and we were uh, right next to the, fireplace and yeah we watched some fire and our neighbors were counting it down so we kind of caught it in with them once they said three two one we start you know three two one and um you know it just felt like <laughs> nothing happened <laughs> it was just like but at the same time i played cards on new year's that sound fun italian cards you ever you ever seen those no what, what you ever play with an italian guy you did nick punto I, I never played cards with you, an should, italian you should call nick punto you should call Nick Punto and say, hey, you want to play uh, Scopa? Scopa? Yeah. Well, explain it here now so when I ask him, I it's, know. It, it's like, so you get three cards in your hand. There's four on the table, right? And you have, like, for example, if you have a king, which is ten, and you got, you know, a six and a four that add up, you take those cards. So it's all about the cards on the table adding it up. But there's a strategy because if you think he's going to pick those cards up or if you don't think he has that card to pick those up, it's, it's, uh, I know they played in Dominican too, uh, Puerto Rico. They have a, a game that it's all over. Right. I mean, you, matter of fact, I think they play it all the time in the locker room too. See, oh, I oh yeah, they do. I oh, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't really a card player though. You know, I played 21, you know, and stuff like you goldfish. Just, you just listen to music, eh? Actually, I, I listen to music, but I was uh, probably doing a lot of work in the, uh, in the batting cages so you know now that i didn't got my swing down pack a With little tony bit Cruz? you know what i mean exactly With i ain't seen tony Cruz in some years even though hey tony when you watch this he hating on you not man watch but i, just, I mean you listen you're right I forget, you can watch it on the screen no you, know you can't I mean? you can you can no, look at you your can't. face but you gotta listen you're right you're right but uh yeah uh, this year i might you can teach me how about that teach you how to what teach me how to play the card game all right yeah, teach me how to play the guard game. I'll, I'll show you. So I can go into uh, uh into the locker room knowing what I'm doing with the cards. Of course, uh, this might be your last month, Adrian. Right. This might be your last month. You might be getting picked up by an, an organization. Yes. Uh, of course. Uh, I'm already signed with the... The champions. The champions. So you always got a you got a backup, right? Right. Why, I mean, why don't you just come play for us and hit four hundred? I like that four hundred too. It's four hundred. Four hundred. Four hundred. But uh, I said yo, re- I said reach reach the studios, and you didn't know what I meant. So we got we still got to get that lingo going. Right. right? That's yeah. all cool. That's why we work we, we work good together too, yeah. man. I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> like your presence. Now that I get used here. to it. Exa- you had to get used to it. You know what I mean? That's I never been I never been around a, a major league. Person, world champion, world champion, at that. <laughs> world champion at that. But two, uh, two time. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, you know, I'm a Canadian, world champion, world champion, and a Pensacola, and a and a and a American, world champion. And so Pensacola too. What's next? You know, what I mean? what's next? You know, what I mean. But at the same time, uh, yeah, man, uh, uh, Canada is beautiful. 
I love it over here. You know what I mean? I, I'm learning the national anthem. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I wanted to get a maple leaf tattooed on my arm. Aww. You know what I'm saying? Just for memories. You got a lot of tattoos, eh? Yeah, I do got I, I don't got tattoo. a tattoo. You don't have a tattoo? No. No, why not? Well, I don't want one. You don't want one? Well, that's why my, you don't have one. My mom says I can get one, mm -hmm. but my uncle's Does like... Does she have one? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. She just got one, actually, a few months ago. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that, man. Yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. That's what's up. That's hers. How you going to be mad at what she put on her body? You can't be mad at her. I thought I was... The, you can think can all I you want. Fine. I, I'm not mad, but... There you go. Now I get you one. Let's. How about let's go get the maple leaf together? No. No chance. One. No chance. Put it on your knuckle. No. Okay. You got too many tattoos. No. I, how, how you going to so tell walk, me I walk, got too many tattoos? Well, it's like you got too many dogs. No. You can't have too many of anything. I don't believe so. What about... How? What about too many rings? You can't fit those rings on your fingers. Well, that's when you start letting your friends wear them. You know what I'm so saying? So you gonna let me wear it? Why not? You let me if, wear. If I if it, they can't fit on my ten fingers, of course you so gotta you, be so with me when you wear it. You know what I'm saying? So I can't just walk around nah, and just you be ain't like, gonna hey, be able look to fly. Nah, see, you ain't see, no flodging. You see this uh, World Series ring right here? Ain't no flodging. So so what's you the ain't, but as a, as a man you wouldn't even want to do that anyway you know what I'd I'm saying I'd be too scared not just scared but you'd be like I want my own ring you know what I'm saying I want my own so do you get so when you get in your ring I don't, the one here yeah I don't know I don't know did you see I, but it, I know it, I have it though so I ain't really worried about when I get it I know Winnipeg's I have Winnipeg's already got the ring did, they didn't even win though yeah they did what they what did they win the American Association oh okay, okay. you played against no you played in that league in the league yeah yeah with Gary right did they win yeah they did okay right remember Reggie Abercrombie uh, your boy Edwin's boy yeah Jackson boy. yeah but uh yeah that's what's happening though man yeah they'll come sooner or later they, they making them look so pretty you know theirs probably look like you know what I'm saying a beat around them. you know what I'm saying like they didn't stepped on it a couple of times so Ours going to be real nice, I can only imagine. So, you know, for, for quality, it takes time. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap up this first segment. When we come back, we'll be joined with Manny Crew, shortstop inside the Cincinnati Red System. Adron Chambers will still be with us for the rest of the show. We'll then bring on Taub Steve from Sportsnet. You're listening to episode 43 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Manny Cruz from the Cincinnati Reds, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Like always, I'm your host, Diamond Dante. You can follow me on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante or check out our new podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond on, uh, in the iTunes app on your iPhone or on SoundCloud online. My guest, my guest this evening is, just like our past guests, a Southern New Hampshire University alumni, just like Mike Masterberti last week and Mike Montville. His name is Manny Cruz, shortstop, Inside the Cincinnati Red System, Manny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, listen, always nice to touch base. Uh, we had Mike Monville, former teammate of yours, and Michael Masterberti. So how nice is it to know, know, just to start things off, of course, you played the 2016 season in professional baseball with the Cincinnati Reds. Of course, they played independent ball. But how nice is it to know a couple of your former teammates and old friends from the same school as you, graduated the same year as you from Southern New Hampshire University playing professional baseball just like yourself? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's awesome. You always want to see guys that you play with take that next step, even if it's professional or to independent ball. But 
it's it's always to see guys. It's always good to see guys you play with succeed. Now, of course, Adron Chambers is uh, is with us for this segment as well. Played with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, through 2011 and 2013 as well, and won a World Series in 2011. Now, I was wondering when you was going to add me in this thing. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I just added you in now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, appreciate that, man. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, man, I got a question for you. Um, um, how was it playing with uh, – I played here in Canada this past season in Ottawa, uh, and I played with uh, your teammate. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you, you know him better than I do. How was it playing for my man, uh, Master Berti? How, uh, how How was it? Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, he's he's definitely the best guy I've ever played with up the middle of the infield. And, uh, really? We became really, really good friends. He's just a great guy, easy to get to know, and on and off the field. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He had a great personality, man. And, and, and it's, uh, I like how you say the the best in the in the middle, man. You, you've you been in, like you said, you played in the professional level. And I don't see that much of a difference in the Canadian league, but uh, in, in the minor leagues. But uh, that's a very high compliment you gave him there, man. So I'm pretty sure when he listens to that, he appreciate that. And, of course, we had Michael Masterberti on last week. Manny Cruz here with us on Around the Diamond was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds twice, once out of high school and a second time in 2016 in the 23rd round. So we're getting uh, towards that part. Of course, Manny, uh, fresh in your mind, of course, you had just played your 26th season in rookie ball with the Cincinnati Reds. But I want to go back to your days in high school when you first declined that first offer by the Cincinnati Reds at the age of 17, 18 years old. They decided to attend Southern New Hampshire University now take me back to uh, grade twelve when you first got that offer and you were first drafted and your decision to decline at that point. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of things came into play. First came first was my family. I sat down and talked with them. But uh, getting picked up in the later rounds as a younger kid, I mean, I wasn't going to have all the fame and the glory, the money that most guys had. So I took the opportunity I had to get my degree. And in my head, I thought, well, if they want me now out of high school. There's no way they're not going to want me if I get bigger, faster, and stronger in the next couple of years as I continue to get my education. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, uh, first I'll tell you, you said uh, how most guys, it's one of those first couple rounds that's going to get the real money. So, uh, But in plus, you also kind of, to me, a bit of a, a, a confidence thing, too. You wanted to kind of put yourself in the best position for yourself, you know, to be able to play every day and uh, uh, kind of, you know, get the feel of, of having that kind of notoriety. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It was 100% had to do with confidence, too. I mean, and like you said, as a young guy, you get picked in those top rounds. That's confidence automatically. Yeah. Now you know that there's other people that are looking up to you as something bigger. Getting picked in the lower rounds, I mean, getting picked is getting picked. Right. It's a great achievement overall. But like you said, I felt the best step for me at that point in time was to go on to college and pursue my education and develop as a baseball player. Manny Cruz, a prospect with the Cincinnati Reds, joining us here on Around the Diamond. Of course, Adron Chambers to my right uh, played with the St. Louis Cardinals for parts of three seasons from 2011 to 2013. Now, Adron, you were a late-round pick as well, just like Manny. What round were you drafted in? 38th. 38th, and he's 23rd. So it's always possible you made the major leagues from that round in the 38th round. So just I'm going to ask you this question to give over to Manny over the phone and say, what's that one thing that you would say being drafted that late and going through the minor league system and eventually making your way up to the major leagues? What's that one thing that you would kind of give that advice to? 
Um, you know, it was it, going back to the confidence thing, man. It was really, you know, I kind of felt like I played football coming up too. The chance, the door, whatever door, you know, my story is a lot different from from anybody, everybody else's. We all different, you know. So in my position, it, I I kind of felt like it was an opportunity for me to go ahead and you know, go at it full steam, you know what I mean? I didn't necessarily think about, I mean, if I really, I mean, I had a couple of coaches tell me, you know, wait another year. You know, I had a pretty good um, season that year. With, you know, it was a very short season for me to wait and, and, and try to get more money. But for me, it was more of just an opportunity that I seen for myself. I wanted to make my own decisions. I wanted to do things uh, my way, sort of like, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm coming out of college, I kind of, Felt like you know I was I was listening to everybody and what other people wanted me to do and this was kind of an opportunity for me to you know make my own choice about it. Uh, but and, and at the same time, going at the in the 38th round, I never even thought about it. You know what I mean? I wasn't real big on the MLB draft anyway, so um, I was uh, kind of green, as we say in Pensacola. You know, I never thought that I couldn't be there. You know, I never thought that I that I wasn't good enough to be on a professional level. So, uh, I it, like I said, we all had different stories. And uh, but in at the same time, when we talked to uh, my man a couple la couple weeks ago uh, for the Brewers, going to the Brewers. Oh, now, Art uh, Charles. Art Charles. Yeah, he was saying the same thing. How uh, his family played a big part in in that first time he got drafted. So I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, now, especially hearing other other uh, fellow uh, ball players uh, say the same thing. Now, of course, Manny. Uh, just from from hearing that statement from Adron, what was your mentality when you were first drafted uh, in the twenty third round from the Reds in twenty sixteen? Well, I mean, as he as he said, with confidence and maturity. Uh, last three years of me in college, I've matured a lot, and like I did in high school. First time I got drafted, the second time I got drafted, I turned to my family again. But this time it wasn't so much for them to give me a decision to make. It was just, you know, it was just that I feel like they're the ones who helped me get here. So I only felt right talking it over with them and just seeing how everybody's mind played into what decisions I was going to make. But at, at this point, it was my decision and it was, wasn't, I had no second thoughts, no regrets about it, and I knew exactly what I was going to do. Now, at that point, Manny, uh, just going back a little bit, when you went to Southern New Hampshire University and played with, you know, a couple other guys that are playing professional baseball in Master Bear Team, Mike Montville, even Riley Palmer, who uh, had a brief stint with the Miners and Rockland Boulders uh, this season, what, what was going through your head when deciding which school you wanted to go to and why did you pick a Div Division II college in Southern New Hampshire? To me, I was, I was heavily recruited for D1 schools. I was just never the brightest in the classroom. So when it came down to it, I had two of the top Division II schools recruiting me, and when I went to Southern New Hampshire, I got to talk to guys like Master Birdie and talk to guys like Palmer while I was coming in. And once I met our coach, Scott Luazo there, I mean, kind of just fell in love with it, the way he, the man runs his program and the way he just goes about his business when it comes to baseball. Uh, I, I haven't played under a coach like him yet. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I bet you um, having that kind of uh, exposure uh, helps, especially like you said, not being able to do what you want to do in class, which to me doesn't really, you know, uh, uh, define a baseball player. You know, baseball knowledge and, and book knowledge is, you know, two different things to me. So 
Uh, but at the same time, yeah, um, uh, I got a, a question I could ask you, though, is uh, what what was the difference? What do you now, you know, being where you are, where we are today, being able to, you know, talk about your past a little bit, what things would you have done differently, you know, in the classroom? You know, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm, I wasn't that good in the classroom. I mean, is it anything that you would have done differently in the classroom, or do you think the same way that class and, and, and sports, you know, really don't, don't mix? I mean, class and sports don't mix, but to an extent, when you're coming out of high school, you're going to need that classroom portion. Sure. If you have a goal to play at a big D1 school or if you want to get into a certain school. But to me, the one thing I would have changed is I was a good tester and in class work, I was very good. But once they gave me homework and they sent me home with it and I had my free time, I didn't like to spend time doing work on my own time. That's when I would go outside, have a catch with somebody, throw a ball off a wall, go hit off the tee, like things like that. But that's the one thing I would change. Nice. I was just, I was never a good out of class worker. And the beautiful thing is, it, is it, it helps you. It helped you are today. You know that's why I asked the question. I really don't even like care to go back in the past because we really can't do anything about the past. But can't live in the past. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that now, you know, that you done in that you're saying, okay, I can do this better. I can do this better. You know, and especially the only reason I really brought it out because you said, you know, you weren't really good in, in class. And, and I wasn't really the best student myself, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, I did have I had to learn, you know, I had. And, and that's the biggest thing about life. And, and as you get older and as you uh, progress in, in your dreams and, and, and fulfilling the things that you, you know, feel on the inside, you learn that uh, learning is very, very vital to becoming who you are. You know what I'm saying? To setting out to uh, to, to fulfill your destiny. Now, of course, as you talked about, Manny, uh, Manny Cruz here for us on Around the Diamond, shortstop slash second baseman in, in the uh, Cincinnati Red system. Last year played uh, his season in rookie ball with the Reds, uh, was drafted in 2016. Adron Chambers is here to our right in studio talking with Manny Cruz. Now, off mic, you talked about your background a little bit. You said that you are a Puerto Rican descent. So tell us about that story behind everything, how you got into baseball and how you got into loving the game. Of course, um, your parents... My guess is that they were born in Puerto Rico and had moved over uh, to America because it says that you're from Connecticut. So take us through your background there, going back to your family, coming over to the U.S. and, you know, getting into baseball. Uh, yeah, my my father, my mother, basically everyone in my family besides me and my brother are born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um, and my father, my father got to play when he moved here, he moved here at a young age to play college baseball. He got to play a couple seasons at UConn, played professionally in Puerto Rico. My brother played Division One baseball. Everyone in my family has played some higher level of baseball. So, I mean, growing up around the game, I used to be at all their games, and I would never be the kid sitting down watching. If they were playing a baseball game, I had a bat and a ball. And I was on the side of the field hitting to myself or playing with somebody else. And it was just, to me, just being around the game so much and seeing everyone in my family have some type of success kind of drove me to be like, I, I wanted to have more success than them. Not as in a outdoing type of way, but <clears throat> if I see my family playing a certain game and everyone succeeding in it, I'd like to be the best and I'd like to do that for my family. And I, I got the love for that from everyone 
that I've grown up around. My uncles, my cousins, everyone has played the game, and they've all played it at a higher level. We'll go to break. When we come back, Manny Cruz from the Cincinnati Reds, a shortstop in their minor league system, will still join us, but this time he's going to talk about his idol growing up as a Puerto Rican baseball player. It's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. This is Manny Cruz from the Cincinnati Reds, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Manny Cruz here for us on Around the Diamond, talking about his background, of course, was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in 2000, or sorry, not St. Louis, the Cincinnati Reds. Thinking about me. Yeah, I was thinking about you. (laughs) Was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in 2016. I played his first season of professional baseball last season. Of course, you're going to be going into the 2017 season. And later on in the show, I'm going to ask you about what your mentality is this offseason going into the next season, of course, 2017 uh, spring training. But uh, you speak about uh, Puerto Rican baseball itself and you being on the side and and playing with yourself and not really watching the game. Who was that one guy that you had looked up to, a Puerto Rican baseball player like Someone that Adron had even even played with. He Adron had played with uh, Carlos Beltran, Yadier Molina, and also one of the new up and coming studs, Javier Baez. So who yeah. who was that one guy that you look up to and loved watching play and said, you know what, this is uh, what my culture is all about. Is it, I mean, where's Correa from? Yeah, Carlos Correa. Carlos was from Puerto Rico as well. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was with yeah. he, with him over there in Houston too. Oh yeah. Man. Yeah, fine player too, man. Yeah. Goodness gracious, that boy can play. But go ahead, my yeah. bad. I ain't mean to interrupt you. So many, so many great. I mean, I was I, like I told you, I played for uh, is it Santurce, right? Santurce, yep. Santurce, but uh, they, on the, uh, at at the stadium they have like Hall of Famers on that wall. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, and it's all turf, too. Mm-hmm. It's a turf field, man. It's a big old place too. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a beautiful. Baseball is very, very big over there. You know what I'm saying? They love the game of baseball in Puerto Rico. But go ahead. Go ahead, Cruz. Um, one person that I've looked up to, and I've never got to watch him play live, but I've seen videos and read books and articles and stories about him, and he was my father's favorite baseball player. Right fielder. Growing up. It was uh, Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente. That's it. It's actually uh, 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 just a bit, just sorry to cut you off, but actually he uh, it was uh, 40 years ago to the day I think it was Sunday that he actually passed away. But uh, yeah. go ahead. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I, and I can credit it to my father because he's the one who laid all the books out in front of me and stuff and gave me the option to read them. But reading about the passion that he had for the game, the way he played the game, and the person that he was off the field after becoming famous and such a star, to me, like in my head, I've always wanted to be that person. I don't play the same position. I'm not the same build that he was, but everything about him just fascinated me. And then the fact that he came from my background, from my culture, representing my land, I, I just fell in love with the guy. What what is it is it like a story that your your dad told you about him that you well, no, remember? Not oh a story that my dad my dad told me millions and millions of stories about him, but I just as literally every book, every article that I've read about him, What's, anything I've ever heard about him, if, if somebody mentions his name, I want to hear about it because 
I've just I've fallen in love with the guy and so he, what, what's one what's what's one what's one story that you remember about him? Well, the one story I remember about him that touches me is the way that he passed away. Okay. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but mm-hmm. he was boarding an airplane to I'm pre I'm almost positive it was Africa. It was where uh, he would Nicaragua. Send care packages and money, clothes, and stuff like that, and he found out that they were being stolen. Yep. by other people and he was getting ready to fly out there and sort out the whole situation wow. make sure that his donations were getting to the right people when his plane crashed into the seat wow. i watched a, a documentary on that actually the other day on mlb network he was going to nicaragua Not netflix netflix no, 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 nicaragua. No. Okay. Yeah, it was on it was to nicaragua and uh, um the story is hey, El Presidente. Hey, 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 you remember you remember oh yeah, that was he was an excellent ball player. Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. Yeah. Anyways, so you remember you know uh the second baseman, Neil Walker? Yes. So Neil yeah. Neil Walker, his father was best 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 friends with Roberto Clemente. Oh really? And Roberto asked Neil's father to come on the plane with him, right? Uh-huh. And Neil's like, I can't do that. No, sorry, it was Neil's dad wanted to come on the plane with him and Roberto's like I got to do this myself. You got to stay. Wow. He was the last person to ever see Roberto alive. He went to the airport with him, gave him a hug, and said, "We'll see you later." And ever si- and 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 then he had Neil, his son. So Neil always talks about it that Roberto Clemente is his is like his godfather to him mm-hmm. because if he would have went on that plane, his father he wouldn't be alive. He That's wouldn't right. be playing baseball anymore. So mm-hmm. when he got drafted, he dedicated his, you know, his career to Roberto Clemente because he gave him the chance to, to play, and he w- he wouldn't have been alive because his dad would have died. And and that plane actually wasn't even supposed to go because it was it wasn't in condition. But Roberto was had so much courage and so much he was so driven to bring that plane over to Nicaragua because he wanted to, you know, as you mentioned, Tony. I'm uh, sorry, not Tony. I was thinking about Tony Cruz, but uh, Manny Cruz. <laughs> That uh, he wanted to feed those families wow. over there, and th- and that was the story. Um, it's a it's a really nice documentary. I hope they air it again on. MLB yeah, Network. I, I want to watch that, man. That's a big story, you know. When you hear about these plane crashes and men like him doing things like that, you know, it's it's just crazy how the universe works, man. Really, yeah. Really. And, I mean, of course, back then, back in it was nineteen forty forty something. You know, planes aren't built it, not like, like now, like now. Right. And, and my cousin's a pilot, and he said that that should never happen, yeah. right? Um, but uh, of course, uh, ex- actually, it's funny. Another Puerto Rican guy that you played with, uh, Tony Cruz. Tony, Cru- that's my man. You already know, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. baby, yeah. all day long. But at least Hall of Famer in my, you know, in my bar, in my yeah, house, he, in your bar. bar, bar full of waters and Gatorade and stuff. Anyways, uh, just just to go back uh, on topic here and talk about your career, of course, Manny Cruz, uh, descent of Puerto Rico, joining us here on Around the Diamond, talking about. Um, of course, you just talked about your favorite player of all time and, and your idol being Roberto Clemente. Another guy that I knew, uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Perez, who is also from Puerto Rico and actually had lived with me over the summer uh, and played for our team, said the exact same thing. But, of course, what are you doing this offseason to prepare you for next season going into the 2017 season? Of course, obviously, you'd probably like to move up uh, in levels. Of course, last year you played in rookie ball. You had you know a really good uh season there 33 games played at second base with 34 hits a 272 batting average and three home runs so what are you doing in the offseason to better prepare you for spring training and to hopefully maybe move up to low a or even a ball uh just just trying not to miss a beat no i want to show up to spring training just a step ahead of everybody else you know just trying to trying to make myself an undeniable baseball player 
doing a lot of different things, a lot of weightlifting, a lot of speed drills. Any anything I can do to get the smallest advantage when I get there is what I've been doing. When you when you work out, do you have coaches with you, or you just do it on your own? Um, I work out on my own with my father, or oh, nice. uh, currently in the Cincinnati Reds organization, Darren Braggs. I work out at his place. Oh, nice. And me and him have become good friends over the years. So where you're not in Puerto Rico right now, obviously, right? No, nope, in I'm in Connecticut. Nice. Yeah, man, you got to go in there. You and that's your that should be your main goal to go in there better than everybody, whether it's on a major league squad or or, or or anybody in the minor league system. You know what I mean? That's the kind of attitude. The the kind of attitude that you know it don't matter what level that you're on. You know what I mean? A ball, double A, it don't matter. You know, you always got your mindset on Cincinnati. That's where I am. At all times, and I think it puts you on another level of of uh, focus and concentration and determination and real a uh, real. You, I, I think you'll find your the dream of the game there. You know the the dream of the game of being you know present every single day. Now, now, despite what you just talked about and what you're doing this off season uh, to better yourself for the 2017 season going into spring training, what's your mentality going into spring training and trying to to move up in in the system or even uh, better your game? So, what's your mentality going into the 2017 season? Um, uh, just just to bring a spark, bring something different to the game. I like, I mean. I've, as I've matured over the years, I've realized that you can affect the game in many different ways. So if I if I am 0 for 3, if I do have two strikeouts, I'm going to make sure that nothing gets by me on the infield. If I'm making errors, I'm going to make sure every at-bat is going to be quality and I'm going to make every pitcher work to have to get me out. There's different ways to affect the baseball game, and I, I feel like I can be that guy to always have a good game on one other, one or the other side of the game, if one of them's not working for me. And, and remember this too. Remember this now, because you know I hear a lot of people saying that, and that's what's that's that's what goes on. You know, I don't want to get no balls by me. I don't want to let no balls by me. But understand now, you know, when you go 0 for 1, you know, you still got to play defense. It ain't like it's 0 for 4 as soon as you go 0 for 1. You know what I mean? So it's a whole length. You know, it's a whole nine in the game plus. But just also remember that it, you have to tone the rules told us this one time in the locker room and I'll never forget it. He said, uh the the guys that throughout a season don't give up one pitch. You know what I mean? So it's like it ain't like giving up in a bat, that is what he said, or giving up a game. He said a pitch. So whether you're on defense, being ready for every pitch. When you at bat, you know what I'm saying, understanding that even a ball that's thrown it matters. You know what I'm saying? How he throw that. You know what I'm saying? How that slider came in. You know what I'm saying? How you swung at the last pitch. You know what I mean? How was the pitcher feeling? You know what I mean? How, you know what I'm saying? Knowing all of that, having that type of edge on the game. You know, Albert Pujols used to know everything about these pitchers. Golly, if I would have done that. if I So now it's about keeping those things, you know, slowing the game down. That's another, you know, kind of uh, uh, link. That's a language of the game you know what I mean it's, it's it's about you know not letting the game speed you up and that's and that was also a way that I look at it too how you were talking about pitch by pitch exactly that's how I like to keep the game slow for myself I don't if I fouled one back I don't like to think about that one if I'm getting ready for a pitch I don't like to think about what he's going to set me up with 
if it was just a ground ball hit, I don't think about that one anymore. It's kind of just staying in what's happening right now. It helps me slow the game down. It helps me clear my mind and keep your mind right during the game. And, and But remember, too, now you have to. You have to know how you fouled off the ball. You know what I mean? If you you at second base or shortstop and a guy keeps pushing the ball to you, you know what I'm saying, the swings, it's so fine. I can sit here and waste all of our time over here trying to describe this, but it's so fine. Yeah, and man. over it, the phone, of course. You know what I mean? The, 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 right. The, the baseball baseball is so fine. You should you know go to what Connecticut. Mean? Exactly. I wish I could go to Connecticut right now. I'm stuck in Canada. No, nah, I love Canada, <laughs> man. I love it out here in Ottawa. But it's so fine, man. It's a, like they say, it's a thin line between love and hate. That's baseball and not being yeah. able to play. It's an art, dog. It's an art. So even the strokes that ain't, you know, that precise matters. You know what I mean? When the guy's painting a, when he was painting the Mona Lisa or whatever, who was that painting <laughs> that? But I don't know. But at the same, you know what I'm saying? Those strokes, you know what I mean? I bet you it was a couple strokes that he was like, man, I could have done better. But he couldn't, like, change it. You know what I mean? You got to keep on going with it, man. And that's that's the game. Being able to, like, like, like I go back to Albert again, he used to say, being able to change within that bat. You got to be able to fix that within right. that, that at bat. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah I okay. understand. You go ahead. We, Appreciate we, it. I'm glad gonna, you cut me I, off because I, I, I could have kept going. Yeah, and you're going to, and now it's time to stop. Uh, we, we ain't got no time left? No. No, we got time. We got three minutes. Hey, listen, Manny. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. We wish we wish you all the best going into the Appreciate it, dog. 2017 season as well. And I hope all the uh, advice that Adron gave you in this <laughs> 27 minutes or half an hour that we have talked with you uh, will help you down the road in your career. And we look forward to maybe talking to you in the 2017 season and catch uh, touch base with you and see how everything's going. Thank you so much for joining us again. I will thank you guys for having me. And hey, any any information is always useful. Like he said, learning is the key to it. Do work, baby. Do your thing, man. Yes, sir. That was shortstop with the Cincinnati Red System. Manny Cruz with us on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. You're listening to episode 43 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. You can also find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud by typing in Around the Diamond. Adron Chambers is going to stick with us going into our final couple segments of the show. We're going to bring on Sportsnet's Taub Steve to talk about the Blue Jays offseason, the loss of Evan Encarnacion, and the possibilities of maybe signing Jose Bautista. That's coming up after this quick break when we come back on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. Hey, this is Edwin Jackson, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 43 of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Before, we were talking with Manny Cruz, a shortstop inside the Cincinnati Red System. Once again, you can find our podcast on iTunes, and you can also check out Around the Diamond on SoundCloud. If you have an iPhone, you can check it out on the podcast app or on SoundCloud in the SoundCloud app or on my Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante. Now joining us over the phone is Sportsnet's author, Tau of Steve, or you can find him on Twitter at Tau of Steve. 
where he talks about everything Blue Jays. So we're going to talk the Blue Jays offseason with Taub Steve, of course, alongside uh, me as our co-host, Adron Chambers, who spent time in the major leagues between 2011 and 2013, but also played in the Toronto Blue Jays system with the Buffalo Bisons in 2013. Tal, long time no talk. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, good, let- uh, good to speak to you. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to, to touch base with you. Of course, it's been quite a long time. The last time we talked, it was at the end of the uh, of the playoffs, of course, right after the World Series had finished. So nothing had really happened in the offseason just yet. But since then, there's been a flurry of moves. moves. Of course, the Blue Jays not being able to sign uh, Edwin Encarnacion or Dexter Fowler like they had, they had been rumored uh, to sign in, of course. And so the biggest signing this offseason out of all the teams would be Edwin Encarnacion as he signs with the Indians three years, $60 million. Let's start off with the Blue Jays side of things. Tao, what does this mean for the Toronto Blue Jays going forward, of course, two weeks after the, this signing had happened for the Indians? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's still a lot that's in flux for the Blue Jays at this point. You know, I think that they still have uh, some holes to fill. They still have to to figure out what they're going to do in their bullpen and 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 really um, what they're going to do to replace uh, Encarnacion uh, and, and really just fill out their roster. I mean, I think that they probably, you know, could go into the the season with the roster that they have right now, but. Um, but having said that, I, I think having uh, a guy who is a left-handed hitting outfielder um, uh, would would be something that would be really valuable to them at this point. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think that they're done. I, I think that they're probably being squeezed into using the trade market as opposed to the free agent market. Um and uh, and I guess there, it still remains open as to whether or not if they're going to go back and and uh, take a run at Jose Bautista and and see whether or not if his um, price either comes down or, or stays low and and gives them maybe one one more year with him. Well, for my my benefit, I'm hoping that they stick with the free agent uh, side of things. But uh, I kind of feel like Edwin uh, was going to stay in, in in with the Blue Jays. Uh, uh, but uh, what do you see uh, the Cleveland Indians getting in uh, in a guy like Edwin uh, Encarnacion? Well, I think he sort of slots into the role that uh, that Mike Napoli had for them last year, and Napoli was good, but I think Edwin is better. Uh, I think I think that he's going to, you know, be a big right-handed power bat in the middle of their lineup, and then you know. If you add in the fact that they're going to get a full year of Andrew Miller, plus they're going to hopefully get Michael Brantley back, who you know I think is, uh, I, I, when when they lost him last year, I, I really thought that they were cooked, and it goes to show you how uh, having. I guess uh, enough of a uh, of support uh, in the roster helps to to make a team great. Oh, so you know they're gonna have they're gonna have Michael Bradley and and Edwin Encarnacion. Encarnacion right, is it, it is hard roster. to say his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had enough practice, you'd think. But, um, but you know, I I think that Cleveland is uh, is a really good team and uh, will continue to be so next year. And, and on Napoli's behalf, man, I played against him when he was with the Rangers, man. And goodness gracious, his bat, man. And then they say he came back an even different type of player because I guess he was going through all types of things mentally. His The mental side of the game was kind of uh, getting to him or whatever. But, uh, man, 
man, to see him and what he they did in Cleveland, man, that's hard to believe. I mean, you you right. They 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 are sim- very similar players, him and uh, Encarnacion. Uh, so I can see I can see where you can have the upper hand on on Encarnacion right there. But yeah, appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think the big difference between them is is probably the uh, the strikeout rate. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think that Napoli uh, has uh, more of a tendency to strike out, and I think, you know, Edwin, if you take a look at his strikeout uh, rates over the last like four or five years, for a guy who hits 30, 35, 40 home runs a season, doesn't strike out uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, right. I, I, I'm not looking at the page, but I know that he's been down in the like 11, 12, maybe even 15 percent. But if you take a look at a lot of power hitters, you know, I mean, some of the other guys who are out there and stuck on the market, like uh, Chris Carter and and um, uh, uh, I almost called him Dalton Trumbo, uh, <laughs> Mark Trumbo. Um, you know, uh, if you look, take a look at at those guys who have, you know, uh, up to 30 uh, 30 and 35% strikeout rate. I mean it's it, it's a it's a pretty remarkable difference and that just shows you what a a great player Edwin is. So sad to see him go, but I'm sure that uh, it'll be uh, he'll he'll be he'll he'll be someone who will certainly observe from afar. Sportsnet's Tau of Steve here of us on around the diamond. You can find him on Twitter at Tau of Steve or uh, check him out uh, by typing it on Google uh, Tau of Steve to see any past articles. Uh, Tau, are you working on any articles right now that we could see maybe in the next couple weeks or so? Yeah, I'm uh, really trying to just sort of shake the cobwebs out, and and uh, but I think I'll I'll likely be writing about the Blue Jays off season in the next week or so, um, and you know essentially I think the main take being that, you know I, I recognizing why it is that people are so uh, disappointed with it, and um, and you know I I think that fans probably do have some reason to be disappointed, although I don't think that that means that. Uh, that people should be abandoning hope at this point. Now, of course, you speak about the Blue Jays offseason and, and you, you know, going on to write an article about the offseason and maybe even put in um, the whole Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion saga and not the Blue Jays not being able to sign him. What did you think of the whole process of Edwin, you know, getting a lot of money from Oakland, not signing with them, and the Blue Jays offering him a better contract than the Cleveland Indians offered him. Now, if you could break this whole situation apart that had happened over the last, you know, three months or so where Edwin uh, elected to go uh, to free agency, turned down the Blue Jays' qualifying offer, and then went over and signed with the Cleveland Indians for less money. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, I, I, I think that the market has been a weird market this year, and and certainly the fact that the the you had the CBA suddenly start to the CBA negotiations start to go sideways in the middle of what would you know traditionally be uh, uh, your your free agent marketplace. Um, it pushed back on on some players, and then, uh, you know, I think that it's it's uh, quite possible that uh, that Edwin's um, that 
the Edwin's representatives misread the market. And I think the Blue Jays honestly misread the market by uh, jumping in so quickly as they did with uh, Kendris Morales. And that kind of painted them into a bit of a corner at that point. Um, so, uh, so you know, I mean, I, I, I think it's been a, an odd market to begin with. I think that people have misread it and maybe we shouldn't be surprised by that. But I, I uh, you know, I, I think that the Blue Jays really did kind of paint themselves into a corner when they got uh, Kendris Morales. And then it also just sort of underlines what a, an odd and, and unnecessary signing the extension for Justin Smoke was. I, I guess I'm still trying to to figure out if there was a, 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 a if there was a, a process or or if there was a rationale that they had if maybe things just moved on them uh, more quickly than than they were expecting. But uh, it, it I don't think that you can walk away from it and look at this off season as a as a sterling one for the Jays. And I think they're going to have to scramble a little bit to just to figure it out for next year. Now, of course, uh, you know we're talking about the the Blue Jays uh, in their offseason moves. We just talked about Edwin Encarnacion and him going over to the Cleveland Indians for less money than the Blue Jays had offered them in their qualifying offer. Now let's go towards the Blue Jays outfield needs. Uh, Tao, of course, you've been active on, on Twitter as well as you know other Sportsnet representatives uh, that do cover the Blue Jays. In Where are they at at this point in contract talks with Jose Bautista? Now I've, I've been following it briefly in terms of them you know, saying we're in there, we're not in there. Uh, other teams are interested. He's a, He's an American League player. Where are the Blue Jays at right now with Jose Bautista? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm just reading tea leaves based on, you know, the quotes that you uh, read and see out there and 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 sometimes reading between the lines of the people who are uh, who are closer to uh, covering it. But, you know, my, my sense is that he is an option amongst uh, options. Um, I think they they basically now have to figure out, do they give up the draft pick uh, that they would get if somebody else signs him? Do they start to worry about the fact that that draft pick might just, might, might just disappear? Um, uh, if nobody signs him uh, and he sits out until uh, sometime in June. So, uh, and then there are the other uh, options, you know, Curtis Granderson, uh, um, Jay Bruce. Um, you know, I I suppose they, they, they could take a look at someone like a Mark Trumbo if his uh, value drops enough. And, uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't, necessarily think that that the past and the history that Jose Bautista has works in his favor necessarily I think that they're taking a pretty cold-eyed approach to this and he's just one option amongst many we're going to take a quick break when we come back Adron Chambers will be still with us Tao of Steam will also still be with us from sportsnet.ca to talk about Dalton Pompey and how we might actually see him in a Blue Jays uniform to start off the 2017 MLB season that's coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Milwaukee Brewers' Art Charles, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to episode 43 of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. To my right is Adron Chambers. And Adron Chambers, 
actually played with Dalton Pompey, the current uh, center fielder inside the Toronto Blue Jays system, uh, top prospect in the Blue Jays system. Chambers had played with Dalton Pompey and wants to ask Taub Steve this question based off his time that he had with Dalton. Being being able to see uh, Pompey like you have and uh, study him a little bit, do you think that he uh, has a chance to, to make the team this year or, or or do you think that they need to bring somebody to help him out? You know, I, I would really like to see them give uh, Dalton Pompey a shot and yeah, let too. him, you know, have a have a regular spot for, for four to six weeks at, at least uh, from the start of the season uh, and just let him, you know, get his, uh, get his feet under him. It, it seems like he's, he got rushed a little bit early on. Agreed. Uh, and and I, I don't think that he was necessarily uh, ready for the jump, but they really have to make a decision on what they're going to do with Dalton Pompey this year. And either they he's uh, he's a regular member of the team or uh, they move on from him. But, you know, this is the last year that they have options on him. And so he, you know, by midseason has to either be a regular on this team or 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 trade it off to somebody else or else they're going to run the risk of losing him for nothing uh, in the off season. So, well, you know, I mean, I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's got great baseball skills and I just think, you know, some injuries and some inexperience and some rushing through the system. And, you know, like I, I just want to see them give him a shot. What kind of things? Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't ask you. I'm, I'm trying to ask. He played him. with Dalton. Yeah, I did play with Dalton. And, and I think, he, yeah. I mean, and I think he's a, a phenomenal fast, very fast baseball player. And I was going to ask you, I mean, like I said, you being around him, you being, you know, pretty a lot closer than a normal fan, I guess I could say. What what kind of things did he does he need to work on? You know what I mean? What kind of things did I mean, but a guy like Pompey, you know, he has so much excitement and so much ability, you you and Canadian. And you and Canadian. You know what I mean? More excitement for the city, you know? But it's like uh what what, you know, telling him or showing him to not make him be the player that at least we see because a lot of it is just being able to encourage a guy the right way just like uh uh your third baseman over there uh donaldson you know what i mean you know it's it's the right things you say to players like that uh that are that kind of tip him over the top so did you see that he could have maybe improved on to to help you know get this spot with the blue jays yeah you know it so i mean i think that he tends he it can have good at bats his his power last year i think went down quite a bit and and i'm not a hundred percent sure what that is he was hurt right if, yeah, yeah yeah and 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 you wonder sometimes with the injuries with the getting inconsistent playing time as a result of being in and out of the lineup you know like oh, most i mean definitely. you know you, you 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 could probably speak to this better than than either of us could but you know like the idea of you know if you if you miss some time sometimes the takes you a couple of uh a couple of weeks of just yeah, being timing. in there and seeing game action and 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 seeing those pitches before you're feeling comfortable most definitely um yeah so the other thing with dalton that surprised me a lot in spring training last year when i got a chance to look at him really closely was uh his defense which you know people were praising him for early on uh he got you know 
some cases of happy feet underneath fly balls that yeah. just really surprised me yeah. and uh and took uh, bad routes and took wrong turns on on some uh fly balls and so you know again i i'm not sure what that is um uh, and maybe he was feeling the pressure uh he was shifting over into left field and i don't know if that made a difference for him uh versus playing a lot of center field coming up but um yeah he didn't look great in the field and i think it was a real mark against him and probably one of the things that led them to uh look at uh, ezekiel carrera as that uh, fourth outfielder for them uh last year well, hopefully he watching this show who we mean watching i mean listening i should say listening yeah. to the show i would i would watching i would, on a, I, would on a I would pray for that yeah i would pray for that yeah. <laughs> Sports Sportsnet's Talib Steve here with us on Around the Diamond right now talking about uh, Dalton Pompey and his chances to make the big league squad. Now, one thing that I had noticed, of course, um, his old manager, Gary Allenson, your old manager with the uh, the Buffalo Bisons, no longer with the Bisons anymore. He was um, fired in the offseason, and they brought in, uh, they called up the double-A manager. His name has uh, slipped my mind. Uh, Tal, I don't know if you could uh, answer this one for me, uh, the dub- the new triple-A manager of the Blue Jays. But one thing that I had noticed, and just from talking to Gary uh, in the summer when he had came on the show, and I asked him about Pompey, he said, if I feel like he's not playing well, I'm not going to play him. And I feel like Gary didn't give him the amount of the at-bats that Dalton Pompey needed, because you need at-bats, you need repetition, especially a guy as talented as him, switch hitter he's got lots of speed his power you know i'd say he probably has a medium power out of 100 i'd give him a 40 in terms of the the scouting rating right there but he has good contact this is a guy that could be in the major leagues in the next year or two with you know how young he is at this point so i don't know if you could if you can answer this question for me right right now but do you feel like it was just the way that they used him in the minor leagues and bringing him up and down that kind of uh you know, stinted his development when he finally got to the major league level. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's always hard from a distance to say, and and I guess uh, I saw Gary Allenson here as the uh, as the manager of the Ottawa Lynx. And, right. You know, he's he's a he's a guy who uh, comes off as a bit of a hard ass. Mm-hmm. I, and it's funny, I'm actually even just staring at the uh, at the RCGT Park from my uh, car where I'm <laughs> taking the phone call. And uh, and, and remembering on uh, on his first opening day as the Lynx manager. Uh, he went out and he gave the grounds crew, uh, he, he he gave it to them and basically was saying, like, we're not going to put the team on the field for Sounds opening like day until you <laughs> until you get this field fixed, to my satisfaction. Um, so, you know, I think Gary could be a bit of a hard ass, and I, I think that maybe this sort of guy that uh, Dalton could have used was uh, uh, maybe a bit of a, 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 a nurturing manager, a, a, an encouraging manager, or even sort of a, you know, a guy with... Uh, um, uh, you know, real coaching skills, and some managers, you know, aren't necessarily great coaches. So, uh, Adron, did you did you play for uh, Gary Allenson at some point? Oh, most definitely. And I wanted to add add to that. Uh, uh, I was listening to Pete Rose about three months ago. I want to say when he was on uh, Fox. Is it Fox that he working with? I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and he was talking about man, so many of these so many of these players nowadays they rely on the coaches. You know what I mean? They rely on the manager. I mean, obviously Tony Tony Larusa was a a great manager. You know, a great friend too. But it was like you know I, I I always pictured myself coming to work. You know, with my briefcase and and being able to hold my own. You know what I mean? So seeing a guy like 
Pompeii. And hearing that from Gary, that, that you said that's what Gary was saying, yeah. you know, you kind of see the immaturity in the player. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I feel you say, okay, put him out there. But when you got an old school manager out there that's saying, all I do is put the line up, you need to go out there and play. You know what I'm saying? And that's really all a manager can really do. He can't go out there and, you know, make plays for. Yeah, but Gary's a hard guy. I mean, he's a, it's, it's, and that's, was so he a lot of times that's good. He was hard. But at the same time, I came prepared. But at the same time, I seen it. He seen me there, you know, on time for, you know, three hours, four hours before the game, just like I was when I was in with St. Louis in the major leagues. It's about how you conduct yourself. You know what I mean? If you always trying to put it in the coach's lap or the manager's lap, you know, you're wasting your time because he's going to say things like this. If the man ain't playing good, I'm going to sit him on the bench. You know what I mean? Now, with the grounds crew, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> I can see that. I can see him doing that, saying something like that, though. So, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I like, I like, I really enjoyed myself over there in uh, uh, Buffalo, and it's a beautiful, beautiful stadium, man. Um, so, if, can I just ask a quick question here of Adron? Like, uh, so having played with Gary and and you know Bobby Meacham, by the way, is the uh, right is going to be the new manager um, for the the Bisons, and and comes I think with a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, positive notices, uh, and I think he was a former manager with the Bisons. But in any case, I think you know the the question for me would be like as a player whether or not if. Uh, what sort of feedback you would want from the manager or like if you go out there and you have a good at bat and you hit a laser into the third baseman's glove come back and and and, and that's treated it do you want if that's treated as an offer like do you want someone to say hey but you still had a good at bat you know you got a good you hit it you hit it right at someone or do, do you want someone to look at the end of the day and go oh hey two for three uh but maybe you bloop two in or you got i understand what you're saying way. you know what i mean like, yeah yeah i do, do i you, do do you want process or do you want results to be recognized both but at the same time this is what you gotta understand a guy like tony i still remember tony russo man he walked up manager. to me he walked up to me man and he was like hit the ball to the third baseman i want you to i mean i was the first guy coming up to the plate uh, i think we was in we were in houston and he said hit the ball to the shortstop and i took the first pitch and i hit a line drive out straight to the shortstop and he came over and gave me a big hug and i'm over here mad and everything and execution see if you don't know the game if it's a man on first base with no outs and you hit a line drive to the third baseman, that's letting us know that you wasn't trying to get that man to third base. It's see, and that's the thing that a lot of guys, and I see it in in, in, in with the Blue Jays, and I and I ain't I'm not talking about no managers or the players. When you watch these teams that win, the Cubs for instance, this past uh And you're with the Cubs too. Exactly. Watch how they played the game. Fundamentally sound. They got guys over. They got the first man up. You know what I'm saying? They got the first man that came up to the plate. He got on base. They got him over. They got the little bitty run. So now you're gaining momentum. And then, I mean, if you're throwing 100 miles per hour, all you got to do is touch the ball. You got momentum. You got the crowd into it. You kind of want both sides. You want a, a manager that's going to give you a hug like Tony LaRusso did. But he also let me know when I popped the ball up. And even if I hit a deep pop, a, a fly ball. What are you doing? Get on base. That's your objective. And if they see that you're knowing what you're doing, you they know that you know how to play the game. To me, that's the guys that real managers. You know, you know with the system, not a lot of them can't say what they really want to say, but that's what they want. They want guys that's going to be able to execute without me having to put my two cents in and say, hey, go do it like this. You know what I mean? You need to know the game, to me. Yeah, and I think that that's really John Gibbons' approach to, uh, to really? it. You know, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a, you know, 
know, go coach him up sort of guy, mm-hmm. or he's not a guy who's going to get in, in, in front of someone and talk to them about their last at bat. He's just going to, he's, you know, I think uh, his line is usually like, these are grown men and they know what they're doing. Exactly. And, you know, so, uh, so he kind of, uh, he, he, he has the strategy aspect, you know, in game that he has to look after, but for the most part, he kind of sends them out and expects them to be the players that they're supposed to be. Well, there you have it. Sportsnet's Tao Steve joining us here on Around the Diamond. Hey, good talk, Tao. It was nice to have you on and talk a little Blue Jays. We hadn't talked a lot of uh, about the Blue Jays in the, in the past uh, few weeks or even uh, a couple months that we had last talked with you. It was nice to touch base with you. And uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you again about some possible moves that the Blue Jays go out uh, and do in the next uh, month or so. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks. That was Sportsnet's Tao Steve joining us here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. That's going to wrap up the 43rd edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. We want to thank our co-host, Adron Chambers, for also joining us here on Around the Diamond as he uh, put in some pretty good input talking with Tao Steve and also talking uh, with Manny Cruz. So we want to thank everyone that came on the show, Manny Cruz to start off the hour, Tao Steve to finish off the hour, and of course, our co-host Adron Chambers for Diamond Dante and Adron Chambers and the rest of us here on Around the Diamond. We'll see you next week.